I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I'm Danielle. And I'm Sina. Danielle, I have something very interesting to go over about this particular movie that we're doing today. Well, we'll tell, tell the people what we're doing today, Christina. Okay. I'm so, ex- I'm so excited. We're doing Cruella. Yes, we are. And I'm, I'm so excited because, like, we've both talked about it's a break from what we've been doing which are long arduous movies with minimal dialogue oh my god (laughs) oh my lord in heaven but also we haven't done a disney movie since encanto Mm -hmm. and then before that i don't even know it's been a minute it has been a minute yeah i'm trying to think of the disney movie we did before that inside out so no. Oh, no. Soul. Inside Duh. Out came out a while. It was probably Soul. It was Soul. So that was a long In my time. mind, I was I said Inside Out, but I was thinking Soul. You were thinking. Those two are very very similar. Tomato, tomato. Exactly. So, what's interesting about the story of Wick? I'm sorry, not Wicked, but I'm going to use Wicked as an example. Um, what's interesting about the story of Cruella is that it has a similar parallelism to how. Wicked came to be, and for those of you who don't know, Wicked was initially I think it was a it was a book first, and then it became a musical. Mm-hmm. But it's the story of the Wicked Witch of the West and her version of that story. So it's not told through Dorothy's eyes; it's told through the eyes of the witch, and you kind of, as an audience, get a better understanding of who this person is, how they came to be, and if they're really a bad person. So you kind of you kind of like flip your bias or your bias is stretched and challenged at the very least. And so I couldn't remember what this was called because if you remember, I ha- I don't know if you had to do it, but I had to do it in Mysterio's class. Mysterio, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but hello, because we're talking about you and Wicked and Cruella. So it's like right up your alley, girlfriend. But we had to do a project where we took a fairy tale and told the story from the villain's perspective. Mm. Did you have to do that? I don't recall. I don't recall having to do that. Okay. Perhaps I I did, but eighth grade was a real big blur for me. (laughs) I did the three little pigs, and I just said that I am a wolf who just enjoys the smell of bacon. Actually, I was just thinking about this because my friend recently, I recently went to a baby shower for my friend, and I don't know, it's very common for those of you who don't know that when you go to baby showers, instead of giving cards, you give books for the baby. And Mm -hmm. I was going through my old uh, children's books because my mom saved them all for me when I eventually like have a child, but I went to give one to Danielle, not myself, my friend Danielle. Uh, not speaking in the third person, but I was going through them and I found a book that was actually a children's book told from the perspective of the big bad wolf and about how, yeah, and about how these pigs kept trying to like break into his house and, you know, he went to the one made of straw and he was actually allergic to straw, so he wasn't blowing it down, he was sneezing. It, I forget what the name of it was, but it was a very, very well-written and very, very beautifully illustrated book as well. Oh, well, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. I didn't plagiarize because I didn't know that existed. I was also 13. You, I believe you. Don't worry. I'm not Thank sending you, you to, uh, to writer's jail. Don't worry. MLA's going to come get me. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I typed into Google what kind of story is wicked because I couldn't remember past the genre, which is like a fairy tale or fantasy. But wicked is a revisionist exploration of the characters and setting of the 1900s novel, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. So I was talking with my friend Lisa that you know about this. And she said, why don't you try looking up revisionist myth?" And so um, revisionist myth-making takes a variety of forms ranging from the rejection or revision of dominant mythic traditions to the recovery of lost slash ignored myths 
to the creation of new myths. So somewhere between revisionist exploration and revisionist myth. Um, another one, another type of revisionist writing is revisionist history, but that's not it. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just history told from somebody else's perspective. But so that's the idea of it. All of these types of um, writing and literature and, and research are done just from somebody else's perspective. It's just that in this case, it's fake. You know, it's interesting that you bring this up because a lot of the reviews that I was going through, um, a lot of them compared this movie to Devil Wears Prada, which, like, uh, understandable. Meryl Streep and Emma Thompson do kind of mirror themselves in, the, in these characters. Um, but one person brought up the Joker, and we did Joker on this podcast, and I do feel like that, too, is a revisionist exploration where instead of talking about Batman per se, you're talking solely about the Joker. I mean, does Batman even come into the Joker now that I'm thinking about it? Uh, yes, as a child. I'm as pretty a, sure as, the Joker yes, killed yes. his parents. Yeah, as so a there's small, a little small bit of crossover. Child, but, you know, the main plot of that story is from the Joker's perspective and talking about his origin story. So I think that you can kind of parallel these two where it's we know them as the villains of these big series, for lack of a better word, but we're now getting their origin story and how they came to be. Exactly. And I think that, like, I don't know, actually. Forget, I don't know what else I was going to say. But, yeah, you're right, <laughs> right off the nose. So, yeah, I thought that would be a fun piece of information to get us started. Also, also sorry, go ahead. You also first. Okay. All, oh, you said also as well? You yes. also said also? I also said also, but you may also first, and then I'll follow up with my also. Okay. Also, I feel like I may have watched... Not, and not 100% because she's not evil. Oh God, I hope she's not listening to this. She's not evil and she likes animals, but I may have watched my mother's origin story. <laughs> I'm not, uh, she wears all black. She has two toned hair. That's true. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure, but we <laughs> have witnessed Deborah in the making, minus the whole evil villain kind of thing. That's very funny. Um, my, she got me to FIT, she sews, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. My also was, I was going to bring this up later, but I'm going to bring this up now. Do you consider this a children's movie? All right, so here's the deal, because I saw a lot of reviews on this too. Pirates of the Caribbean is also a Disney movie, and that's also rated PG-13. Okay. So I feel like Disney is branching out from just making children's movies, and they're trying to appeal to people like us, I think. I think, yeah, because this is a dark movie. Like, I don't know if a kid would like this movie. I mean, it has some cute aspects to it, and I feel like you can't have a little, little kid watching this. But you could probably have, like, a 13, 14-year-old watch this and like it. Do you agree? Yes. Maybe, perhaps even 10 years old. Let's go as, as far as 10 years old. But I feel like the main purpose for making this movie is not so much to get the kids to watch it, more so for us as adults to take, like, cartoons that we watched as children and make, like, this dark like fan fiction type origin story and give it and then throw a lot of fashion and really great music into into it and send it off to us and we'll like yeah no we'll watch this and spend money watching this thank you disney oh yeah and also i just i just did a quick search it's all of the pirates movies but also the lone ranger that came out in 2013 Jungle Cruise, which came out in 2021, Saving Mr. Banks, another 2013, John Carter, 2012, and Mulan, which came out in 2020, all of those are rated PG-13. Okay. So it's not just, and Hamilton, but I don't really know how that happened. That's, that's, I feel like that's different. That was more just a live version of a Broadway play, but you can't expect a child to watch that. No, but so, but there are other, th Disney has branched out and that's excluding all the superhero movies as well. We're not because, including Marvel. Marvel right. is its own universe. That's something completely different. Right. But they do show up when you type in of Disney course. movies of course. now, but 
Right. So there's there's other ones. I, yeah, I don't necessarily think that. But like, not all of Disney is for kids, right? Like, I never wanted to go on the Haunted Mansion ride. I was forced to. <laughs> but I never wanted to do that. That's true. I mean, I cried the whole way. I remember watching Fox and the Hound when I was a little girl and having to leave the room when the bear came in to, there was a big fight scene. I had to leave. I couldn't watch it. So there's no, if I was a little girl afraid to watch that, and also I was really afraid of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the kid, the guy with the big <clears throat> nose <laughs> snatching kids, that guy freaked me out. So if that freaked me out, this whole movie would freak me out as a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. So. You got to build up to it. Exactly. That's why... I feel like 10 years old, maybe 11, 12, 13, mm. and older would like this movie, but not little, little kids. Well, if you choose to watch Corella, you can watch it on Disney+. Plus, yes. And we've said that it's PG-13. Yes, we have. Um, as far as the awards go, uh, Emma Stone was nominated for at the Golden Globes for Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And uh, at the Academy Awards, this won Best Achievement in Costume Design, by Jenny Beaton, which was well-deserved, and it was nominated for Best Achievement in Makeup and Hairstyling. Estella is a young girl with a streak of genius and a great sense of fashion who just needs to catch a break. After her mom passes, she finds a small army of criminals she calls family. A window of opportunity presents itself, quite literally, and Estella is given the chance to work for Baroness, the fashion icon of the decade. At first, we see something stopping Estella from becoming the best she can be. Her appears to be alter ego, Cruella, when in reality, she's been told to suppress an additional personality that she has and is very much a real part of herself. That journey and a run-in with some Dalmatians gets her into quite a bit of trouble, darling. So let's get into our characters, and I'm going to preface this. There are a lot of veterans in this list. Oh, yes. A lot. So Estella, a.k.a. Young Cruella, is played by Emma Stone, who, weirdly enough, is not a veteran on this podcast. I don't understand how that happened. How have we never watched an Emma Stone movie? She's fantastic. Um, And she's also one of those people. There are a very select group of people who can pull off blonde hair, red hair, and brunette hair. And Emma Stone is one of them. Drew Barrymore is another one of them. And Julia Roberts is another one of them. Just throwing that out there. They are (laughs) incredible women. All right. For many other reasons besides their hair, but that's a big one in my mind. Um, She's extremely fashionable, but has a bit of a temper. And uh, she has to survive as a thief uh, when she's orphaned, when she's younger. She lives with her two friends, Horace, played by Paul Walter Hauser, who is a veteran on this podcast. Where do we know him from? I can't remember. You can't remember where we know Paul Walter Hauser from? It's gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hate myself. Richard Jewell. He played Richard Jewell. Oh my God, you're right. Man, what a good freaking actor. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. So, played Richard Jewell. Um, And then uh, Jasper is her other friend, played by Joel Fry, who is not a veteran on this podcast, but he's a Game of Thrones alum. He was the leader of the Sons of the Harpy. Mm-hmm. Um, she finds herself working for prominent, pompous fashion designer, the Baroness, played by Emma Thompson, who is really a veteran on this podcast because she was Karen in Love, actually. She was Catherine Newberry in Late Night. Completely forgot we watched the movie and talked about Late Night on this podcast. Really? Went out of my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then she was the voice of the Elder in Missing Link. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I had to really deep dive through Emma Thompson's filmography to be like, huh, what have we uh, watched with her recently? So, uh, Cruella befriends owner and designer of secondhand store Artie, played by John McCrea. She works with her former high school friend, or her former school friend turned journalist, Anita, played by Kirby Howell-Baptiste. Cruella gains the confidence of the Baroness's valet. Yeah, go ahead. I just want to say, Anita's not a veteran on this podcast because we haven't yet watched the show about the afterlife. What the hell is it called? <laughs> the show about the afterlife. The Good Place. The Good Place. She was in oh, The Good Place. She's in the, in the Good Place? Okay. 
But we will because Christina has been hounding me to watch The Good Place for a very long time. I say I didn't watch the last season. I saved it. You saved it? It's in your saved back pocket? It. Put it in my pocket. Um, so Cruella uh, gains the confidence of the Baroness's valet, John, played by Mark Strong, after he tells her how he helped her when she was younger. And finally, I just had to mention this, the Baroness's lo- incompetent lawyer, Roger. Yes! <laughs> Played by Kaven Novak, aka Nandor, in What We Do in the Shadows, and we got a new season of What We Do in the Shadows coming out. So be prepared. Oh, I can't wait. Be prepared. We'll be talking about that for sure. Again, another great actor, and also a great head of hair. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. And also, also one more thing: Emma Stone must be so tall because Nandor. I'm gonna call him Nandor because that's just how I know. Yeah. Is or Roger, rather, in this movie, he's a big dude. Like, he's a tall man, yeah. right? And there are a couple of scenes where they're, like, pretty close on height. True, true. But I'm also now thinking of another veteran. So when Estella gets her first job at the department store, her boss is Gerald, played by J- uh, Jamie Dimitro. And if you add some really terrible fake teeth on him, he is the... Uh, first got in the first season of Fleabag he is the guy that she sort of dates wow yeah I would have never put that good eye yep lots of lots of veterans so let's get into the climax I want to get into the climax but I have a question really quickly go for it did you watch anything after the credits rolled no <gasps> are they do- oh, oh my god they do this? I it's gonna bl- it's gonna blow your fucking mind. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I have to ruin it for I have to ruin it for you. Ugh. I have to do it. Danielle, you always watch the end of the credits with these types of movies. Danielle, I I'm annoyed. Like I've never watched a Marvel movie before in my life. All right. Estella assumes the role of Cruella to seek revenge when she finds out that the Baroness killed her mother by calling her dogs to do it. Uh, Cruella ruins the Baroness's spring collection by pretending to be Estella, sewing a dress made of larva, and setting moss loose on everything. That blew my mind when that happened in the movie. Uh, The Baroness is fed up and finds out the abandoned warehouse she lives in. She attempts to burn it down with Estella in it, but John the Valet saves her. He reveals that her mother is not Catherine, but the Baroness, who ordered John to kill her as a baby. Cruella, with the help of Horace and Jasper, concoct a plan to reveal the Baroness for who she truly is at her annual charity ball. They dress every attendant up as Cruella, lock lock the Baroness's bodyguards up, and draw the Baroness to the place where she murdered her mother. The Baroness does what is expected and throws Estella from the cliff, while she is unaware that all of her attendants are outside watching this all happen and watch her do it, the Baroness is arrested, put in jail, and her fortune is inherited by her deceased daughter, Estella. Estella conveniently signed a document passing the inheritance over to her dear friend, Cruella. Okay, I had some of that in my ending. Okay, Let me sorry. skip down. That's okay. We also find out... The good thing about evil people is that you can always count on them to do something evil. Estella, well, I guess now is Corella, was prepared by creating a parachute skirt. The Baroness went to prison for attempted murder. Estella and her friends, both in human and furry form, roll up to her new place after they visit Estella's grave, which she now calls Hell Hall. It turns out one of the Dalmatians wasn't just putting on weight, she was pregnant. Uh. After the credits roll, we see the Baroness's former lawyer, Roger, sitting at his piano. His doorbell rings and he receives a Dalmatian puppy whose name is Pongo. Anita receives the same ring with another Dalmatian named Perdita. Roger goes back inside and finishes playing on the piano. It's the infamous song, Cruella de Vil. Mm, so that's how we now start like the cartoon with the, okay, got it. Right, 
So that bit after, I don't know how I didn't put it together the first time I heard her say, Anita, darling. It didn't, it didn't like click. No. But at the end, once I saw, cause she, she gave them like boxes and then there was a card that said, say hello to Pongo, love Cruella. And the same thing for Anita. Um, but I don't, Roger and Anita don't like know each other at this point yet. They're not like together. They just got the dogs. So does that mean that these Dalmatians are all technically inbred because it's like a brother and sister because they're the ones that have 101 Dalmatians? I don't know because I don't, I don't remember the movie. So in the movie, like Anita and Roger get together and then the dogs get together and that's how they have 101 100 Dalmatians. I don't think it's just their dogs. Don't these dogs come from like somewhere else too? No, I thought it was just one. I I don't remember. I don't remember the movie either. Now I need to go and watch 101 Dalmatians. Or 100, is it 100 Dalmatians and then 101 Dalmatians is the sequel? Danielle, you should know this. You dressed up as this for Halloween one year. Oh, yeah, sure. I should know everything that I dressed up for Halloween as. I, um, I'm pretty sure... I was going to watch the, like, original. Not the one with Glenn Close. Um, not the, the live, live action, action one. That was the, the live action one. Yeah, I was going to watch the original one. They came out, like, I think in the, the 60s. 1961. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Eh, it's okay. The fun will never stop. The fun will never stop. What was the IMDb rating? It was, it was a 7.3 out of 10 and the meta score was a 59 the user score was a 7.1 uh the critics gave this a 74 percent the audience gave it a 97 percent okay yeah do do you want to give your review or you still i I was just thinking about those numbers you're chewing on the Um, numbers you go first because i have i'm gonna give you a choice again Ooh, fun okay so this is a four and a half out of five star review this person does not know how to spell. I'm just going to tell you that right now. This <laughs> <laughs> is a little all over the place, but let's get into it. Went into thinking it would be just another live action Disney cash grab. Surprised at how much work they put in the aesthetic, but they spelt aesthetic wrong. They forgot the H in aesthetic. So... Um, yeah, it needs to, to be a little bit better, but uh, put in the aesthetic to be the 60s, 70s. Although the overuse of English anthems from that era is quite annoying and to me reads as a movie desperately trying to scream British punk era, which it doesn't need to, since as just mentioned, the aesthetic do it 100%. The story is a little predictable, but still manages some minor surprises. The acting is mostly great and what it needs to be. I do not agree. I think the acting was absolutely fantastic. Same. Um, you know what Emma Stone and Emma Thompson speaking together sounded like to me? Have oh, you, please tell me. Have you ever watched 30 Rock? Yeah, Danielle. Yeah. Okay, so you know when Jack Donaghy and Devin Banks get together? So that's Alec Baldwin and, um, oh my god, Will Arnett. Yes. And, and Tina Fey makes a comment like, what are you guys going to like stay, uh, talk deeply to one another? And they and then they talk like this to one another. And they like they just like feed off of one another, just talking mm-hmm. the same tone of their voice like this, in a very deep voice like this. I will get you Jack Donaghy. Like that, that to <laughs> me, that is like the equivalent like both of them just have that very like beautiful like very proper british accent and they speak very eloquently but they also come off like very what's the word i'm looking for tough i guess tough but it it almost sounds like they're talking to themselves exactly they both sound very very similar i had a similar thought but I use my other friend, Danielle, and her mom because they sound like the exact same person. So in my head, I was like, this is like when I bust Danielle's chops for saying that Dan- when Liz and I would listen to Danielle and her mom talk and I would look at Liz and I'd be like, it's the same person. <laughs> they sound like, she sounds like she's talking to herself <laughs> because they have like the same vocal inflection, the same like octave. Yeah. 
And it's it makes sense now why you would have both of them talk very, very similarly if they are indeed mother-daughter, which they mm. just, I mean, Cruella just doesn't know it, and we as the audience doesn't know it. Agreed. Mm-hmm. One, two, or three? One. He was number one. He was number one. <laughs> uh, where did it go? Oh, shoot. Okay, then three. <laughs> no, I got it, I got it. Got okay, it. one. Eight out of ten. Kind of amazing. Okay, so Corella was actually kind of amazing. The cinematography and costuming, I don't think that's a word, were costuming breathtaking. Costuming is a word. Costuming? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand behind it's a word. Okay. Could have just used costumes. Yeah. Cinematography and costuming were breathtakingly beautiful. I love a good alliteration. The storyline took a few weird turns, but for the most part, really worked. The characters were well cast and well acted. The Emmas slayed manically deranged. Yeah, I can agree. Um, There is one shot when we're going into the department store where I believe it like it goes up to the front of the building. Then the shot goes in through the roof. And then you go through the department store and then you like go through down the bottom and it was yeah it's like a crane shot it was a long shot but it was i thought that it was great just to show the ins and out of the place and then it ends with us seeing cruella scrubbing the floors Mm -hmm. so you could tell what job she unfortunately got one of the reasons that i liked this review is because when the when this movie first came out i also kept referring to them as the emmas (laughs) That's true. Um, shall we segue into highs and lows? Yeah, I'm gonna keep this. I'm gonna keep this relatively short because I just made a list of them. Okay. I said music, acting, costumes, ending. The soundtrack was at go, coming off of a movie that had not a single song in it. <laughs> the music was absolutely fantastic. I thought so too. And I I got Dave to sit down and watch this one with me. And he was like, oh, you picked the worst movies. And I was like, no, 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 this is going to be a good one. He's like, oh, it's a Disney movie. I was like, no, 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 it's going to be good. And one of two of the things that he said was that the music was great. And he thought the acting was good too. Yeah. Anything with um, electric light orchestra, living thing is an A plus in my book. There were so <laughs> many songs where I was just like starting to jam out in my head to it. Um, and yeah, I agree that the acting was so good. Emma Stone has the biggest eyes I have ever seen. And she knows how to freaking use them to like convey what she's trying to get across. So Mm. good on her. Um, I was just thinking the other day how much I dislike chihuahuas, but damn was that cgi chihuahua named wink the cutest thing i've ever seen in my life i agree i agree the dogs it took me when she gets buddy it took me a while to figure out is that dog real or cgi and then i realized a little of both but mostly cgi yeah i think pretty much yeah it kind of like switched on and off the dalmatians i feel like for the most part were all cgi but like they and so was wink wink was absolutely adorable but i feel like buddy as a puppy and then buddy in real life like switched on and off um i thought the dogs were great absolutely fantastic um the fashion was everything that i needed it to be like going into it you know that you need like you need it to be top and oh yeah they did a great job um and yeah, I think that all of the twists and turns were really, really good. I like a good twist where I don't see something coming. There were some things that were predictable, like, oh, she's locked in the uh, department store. Oh, she's going to change. And she's been complaining about how much she hates that store window. She's going to change the window. Like, we know that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about the Baroness being her mother and then the ending was a good twist. I thought that it was all good. I agree. Did you want to expand on any of your other highs? I mean, I just thought, I mean, so when when I put down costumes, 
I'm going to sound ridiculous saying this, but no, I'm ahead. just going to say it because I don't really know any other way to say it. I've never seen black clothing look so good. And I, all right, mom, if you're listening, you're excluded, but I've never seen black clothing look this good. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of black clothing, but more importantly, it's sometimes very hard to get your blacks to match mm-hmm. when you wear multiple layers of black clothing. Yeah. And I know it's just a silly little detail, but I thought it was like really well done. <laughs> Insert the picture from Parks and Rec about uh, Ron Swanson being like, it's black. And uh, <laughs> John Ralphio and uh Tom Haverford being like, ha obsidian, onyx, and like naming off all the different colors of black when realistically they just look all look like the same black. But it, it is true. The blacks come in different shades. It's, I know, I know I sound ridiculous saying it, but I'm telling you, wear an all black outfit from what's in your wardrobe. And I guarantee you not all of it's gonna, some of them actually look like warmer and some of them actually look cooler. And also like, it depends on how worn the black is depending Mm. on the fabric. I know a lot of my cotton blacks like fade very quickly. I'm wearing technically an all black outfit, but my jeans are like a faded black. And then this t-shirt is like a different, like they're different color blacks. It's true. It's very true. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, though, that the ending just I, it blew my mind. Like, I was smiling ear to ear when I saw the ending, mainly after the credits were rolling and how everything kind of came together. I just, what I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I also think that the comic relief was perfect. Like, it was in the places it needed to be. Yeah. Yes. Um, mainly from Horace, but... It was, it was amazing nonetheless. Yeah, I agree. When he, oh my God, that's right. When he turned around dressed as one of the Cruellas. Yeah. Oh my God. What about (laughs) them dressing Wink up as a giant rat and everyone being afraid of him? Hilarious. Um, My only low is that I feel like having the parachute under the skirt while very very cool was so over the top and unrealistic what else would you have been able to do i don't know but it was just it was a lot like i find it hard to believe that she constructed a full-blown parachute under her skirt well, see, I had to watch it again because the first time that I watched it, I thought she just had a parachute. But then I realized that it was her skirt and I was like, ah, okay, this is better. Yeah. Um, my, my lows were the, were kind of like the CGI. Yeah. I felt like the CGI kind of like, like the, it, it's just a shame because the acting was so good and believable and the CGI just wasn't. Yeah. Like, I, I know it's hard to train dogs. I know it's very hard. Um, but even, like, at the end when she's escaping in the water, like, that wasn't – there's no way that was real. Yeah, yeah. I think this is – out of the outfits that she wore, I do think one of my favorites, like, when she's, like, upstaging the Baroness, one of my favorites was when they back up the trash and it looks like they dumped a bunch of trash, but then it wound mm-hmm. up being her dress and she just like floated away on the, the garbage can. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Same. That was a really good one. I mean, I loved when she set her her hood on fire, her robe on fire and just came out in the, in in the, the red dress. In the Baroness's dress that she revamped. Yeah. Also just a whole secondhand store. Love a secondhand store. Artie, Artie is an underrated character, and I think he's fantastic. Yes, that's right. That's absolutely right. I also liked how they all, like, came together and, like, stayed together. Yeah. Which is nice. Doesn't always happen that way. There was, I was so afraid these dogs were going to die. You have no idea. No. I, the whole I, movie. I understand that. I also really like how they made her out to not be a hater of animals. And yeah. she just had a bad experience with three Dalmatians. Yeah. Which makes sense. Which is the reason why a lot of people don't like animals. Because they either had like a traumatic, they probably had a traumatic experience. It doesn't get more traumatic than three dogs throwing your mother off of a cliff and killing her. Yeah. I mean, I would hate Dalmatians too. That's true. That's very true. 
Um, what was I going to say? Oh, one other thing that really, really annoyed me was in the beginning of the movie when they, uh, we're getting the montage of uh, Estella, Horace, and Jasper all stealing things. Mm-hmm. But then Estella was making their outfits and the like narrator was like, and Estella was great at making their disguises. And then you see Emma Stone coming out of a store, but she's carrying a Louis Vuitton bag. Like, uh, she didn't make a Louis Vuitton bag, but I guess it's like, oh, maybe she stole it, but also, like, that Louis Vuitton bag is clearly, like, current collection and not 1970s vintage Louis Vuitton. 1970s Louis Vuitton wouldn't have that giant LV logo on it. But Mm -hmm. that's, it it was a small detail. No one would have caught it, but I caught it, and I had to make a comment about it. So you think that it was either misplaced? You think it was misplaced? Yeah, I feel like they shouldn't have put that in there. Like, do a more subtle bag that doesn't have a giant gold LV on the top of it. But also, I think that Louis Vuitton and Emma Stone, I think that she works with them or she has, like, a partnership with them, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, maybe. Okay, that's that's it. That's all I have to say. They snuck in there. <laughs> they did. They snuck their uh, the LV in there. <laughs> Snack break. break. So what'd you eat? So I had dinner while I was watching this because I actually got to watch. I didn't have to keep my eyes glued to the uh, the television screen. This is all subtle digs that drive my car. I'm just <laughs> putting in subtle digs throughout this podcast about drive my car. I almost spit my tea. <laughs> I'm still traumatized from those three hours that I dedicated to the movie last week. Um, so but anyway. Roberta watched it twice. <laughs> Roberta's an idiot. <laughs> so I ate my dinner while watching this. And for dinner, we had salmon, zucchini, tomatoes, and couscous. It was very, very good. That sounds very, very good. Mm-hmm. I had a half of an ice cream chip witch from Trader <gasps> Joe's. Oh. And... Let me just sit here and tell you the God's honest truth. It is the best one I've ever, maybe it's because I don't really eat ice cream anymore, like real ice cream, and I eat real ice cream, and we all paid for it, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I might still be paying for it. Oof, oof. But it was the best, the best. They're really good, because, okay, as a chip witch aficionado, I eat a lot of chip witches. So a few things. One is the cookie cannot be too hard. Or it's soft. It's a soft cookie. I have had the Trader Joe's chip witches, and I do agree that they are the best. Because when you get the ones where the cookie is too hard, you're not getting a good bite out of it. You Agreed. know, solid bite of ice cream and cookie. The ice cream also needs to be soft enough so that you could get a nice bite out of it. And... Check the chocolate chips coat the outside of the ice cream not all chip witches do that only a very specific type of chip witch and trader joe's does it i bought them for dave and then i ended up eating them of course also if you're ever at trader joe's the little cones have you ever had the little cones no they make little literally like mini ice cream cones that are about like this big Oh, they're so cute. They're very, very cute. They are dairies, but, you know, maybe it's in a small enough dosage that it's not that big of a deal for you. And they're covered, the, like, little ice cream is covered in chocolate, and it's just a mini cone, and they're great. Mm. So it's dairy covered in dairy. Dairy covered in dairy. <laughs> and then, of course, classic, like, when you get one of those, like, ice cream cones in the bottom of it is also chocolate. Good. So yeah. dairy covered in dairy sitting in dairy. Of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. So what was your expectation? So I remember seeing the trailer when this first came out because every, like when the trailer came out and we heard like, oh, Emma Stone is going to be a young Cruella and you watched it, you're like, this looks absolutely amazing. But then there's always that part of you where you're like, oh, but what if it's not, you know? You know how that how that goes. I do. I know how it goes. But so, also, I remember when it first came out, and you sent it to me, I think. Probably. And 
after you sent it to me, the first thought in my head was, oh my God, all of these actors are really, really good. And I hope it's not a bad movie because we've had a lot of movies where we've had a great cast of actors and the issue with, <laughs> sorry, just do it. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Dave's trying to cut tinfoil and he's looking at me and I'm trying to talk really loud so it drowns it out. <laughs> and he's like, uh, uh. <laughs> you had all these really good actors and the movie sucks. And so I, yeah. I almost didn't want to watch it because I was like, oh, I hope it's good. I hope it's not bad. But yeah. I so very much enjoyed this movie. Like from beginning to end, also have not been able to stop singing Cruella DeVille. Yeah. They got Florence Welch to do Cruella DeVille. Like, that's absolutely fantastic in my book. But um, I agree with you. I also got that same like feeling like, oh, please don't be bad. Um, I do believe that it lived up to the hype. Um, and when I got done watching it, I was like, ooh, that was really, really good. I can't wait to talk about it. And you were prompted to text me, say, oh, my God, I can't wait to talk about this because it's nice oh, to watch some all capital letters. <laughs> oh, I know. I was like, oh, yes, we got we got something good here because it's really nice to talk about something that really grabbed your attention and kept it throughout the whole movie. And fashion, and then I had you to. You mean to tell me that we have a podcast where we talk about things that we don't enjoy, that don't grab our attention, and that bore the ever living shit out of us? Hey, you should listen to our podcast. Sometimes, sometimes, drive my car, power oh, the dog. We found a diamond in the rough. Exactly. Um, also, I had to write the three, my three favorite things is fashion, action, puppies. That's all I need in a movie. I want that on a shirt. <laughs> telling you, when we get big, add it to the list. That's going to be on the shirt. Fashion, action, puppies. That's, that's the recipe for a great movie. That's how we get our gold star approval of a movie. If those three things are in it, that's it. And also a good soundtrack. Now, you're, now, it's, now it's too much for a shirt. Okay, sorry. We could put that in fine print in parentheses on the bottom. <laughs> and good soundtrack. And good soundtrack. It's like a whisper. Good soundtrack. Good soundtrack. Good soundtrack. Um, my IRL moment I, is just... I oh, have a ahead. feeling I know what your IRL moment is, but please go ahead. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I wrote down the bit about my mom, but also I wanted to put... I didn't get the chance to. A sewing machine on my registry... Because I wanted, I've been dying to learn how to sew, and I want, I want to be able to like do my own hems mm. eventually, and then like make, make clothes, make clothes. Mm. And yeah. um, this just confirmed the fact that I want a sewing machine. Okay, for sure. My IRL moment for you is the Baroness's nine-minute naps because I feel like you take. Nine- That's it. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I was like, there's something in this movie I relate to, and I don't have time to watch it again. That's absolutely 100% true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're the queen of the nine-minute nap. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Because I, it was one of those things where I had it, and I lost it. And you found it. I found it for you. Thank you. I feel like I had an IRL moment, but I don't know what it was. Couldn't, couldn't tell you. Um... It's okay. I, I didn't have... You wear a lot of black. <laughs> I do. I'm currently <laughs> wearing all black right now. <laughs> I'm indeed... I guess. Also... Go, go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. I'm just saying, yes, I do wear a lot of black. <laughs> You're wearing black right now. Um, I This made me want to get bangs again. I was going to ask you. That was what I was going to ask you. Did you watch this and be like, now do you want to get bangs? Now I want to get bangs again. But now I will allow you to get bangs. Not that I allowed I didn't not allow it before, but I heavily suggested you do it after your wedding. Now you're married. Wedding's over. <laughs> Go get the bangs. Do it. I don't know. Yeah, now it's summertime. It's like the worst time to have bangs. Oh, glue to your head. Yeah. Do it in the fall. I might. An, an autumnal. Are you going to dye your hair that dark red color? Because that I was said the same thing. Beautiful not color. That re- not that color, but I was like, maybe I should go red again. I don't know. <laughs> I should do it. Maybe I should change my name to Estella. <laughs> I did really like that deep, like, red color. That was pretty. 
It's very rich. It's beautiful. And when it's darker like that, it's easier to maintain. Mm -hmm. This has nothing to do with this podcast. Sorry. (laughs) No, we're just giving you hair coloring advice at this point. Oh, you can email us and I'll send your inquiries directly to Deborah, who is like the queen of color. She's the color queen? Color queen. (laughs) (laughs) The woman has had blue in her hair since how long? She's had blue in her hair for easily 15 years. And then before that, it's been blonde. It's been like an orangey amber it's been red it's been purple yeah she went through all of them and then she like settled on blue and she was like this is the one do i remember your mom with blonde hair it was not her whole head it was where the blue is just all these different colors Hmm, i don't recall i feel like i remember the orangey amber yeah she had that one for a while the purple didn't last long it was too hard to maintain Mm. Mm. that's true Mm. Mm. yes Mm. yes Mm. I'm going to start saying darling more. <laughs> oh, I want to start calling people scallywags more often. <laughs> <laughs> the vocabulary in this movie. It's an underrated term. Chef's kiss. I agree. I still can't get over how cute Wink was. It, the absolute, like, like, it's the little puppy trot. Like, you know when puppies just trot? Like, boop, boop, boop. Uh, Milo, when you like throw him his toy and he comes back to you, he just does a little do 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 like a puppy trot. Oh, speaking of dogs, did you see my Instagram story? Mm, you need to be more specific. There was somebody at graduation who had a oh. service animal, and they dressed the service animal in um, a cap and gown. <laughs> dogs dressed up is the absolute cutest thing I've ever I, seen in my life. I think it's a golden retriever. Yep. Or no, was and, it a lab? Mm, mm, mm. I was too like the hair was too fluffy uh-huh. and then Dave re- Dave DM'd me and he was like they're giving diplomas to anyone these days <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny that's uh, my ne- supportive husband <laughs> never forget the picture of Otis in his cap and gown when he graduated um, training school oh I pulled it up immediately and showed it to Lisa I was like you want to see a dog in a cat <laughs> Let me show you a dog and a cat. Oh, God. He looks so proud. Anyway, I'm glad that Cruella doesn't hate dogs. Because I will say this I will say this while we're on the topic of dogs. It was like the one thing that held me back from liking Cruella DeVille was like the whole animal t- cruelty bag. Mm. Because I, I also did want to ask you, do you have a favorite Disney villain? Mmm. Mm. Probably should have led with this. Ooh. We'll conclude with it. Hmm. Who is okay? You tell me yours, and then I'm gonna chew on this for a while. All right. So I think it's a three-way tie okay. between Scar, <laughs> okay, Hades, okay, and Cruella Deville. Okay. And then like my my like runners up would be like Ursula. Um, Ursula came to mind, but I think the one that stands in the front is Jafar, because the amount of times in my head I have said to myself, it's time to say goodbye to Prince Abubu is way too many times. (laughs) Well, that's good, because I find myself, like, um, quoting Hades, like, when I'm, like, about to explode he like his hair turns a different color and then he goes i'm fine i'm cool i'm cool i'm fine i'm fine and then his hair turns back to the blue flame i haven't watched hercules in a minute okay we need to i i think i need to watch hercules do we need to do a whole month of disney like cartoon movies i have no problem with this but like a whole year of disney but they can only be disney movies between like 1990 and 1998 okay so a bug's life is in there. <laughs> Bloody Mary. All positive. Uh, this this podcast has gone deep down a rabbit hole. No, 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 no. We're still we're still on track. We're still talking about villains, animals. We're 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 where we need to be. Yeah, I want to say Jafar is my favorite because also he has one of the best henchmen, which is Iago, played by R.I.P. Gilbert Godfrey. Oh my god, I forgot that he died. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he just recently died. I, I mean, I think Aladdin's just one of my favorite movies. It's also one of those movies where when I watch it, all of the quotes just come to the forefront of my brain, and I don't realize that they're constantly going on in the background, just, like, mm. being quoted, like, Genie saying, look at this, I'm losing to a rug while playing <laughs> chess with the rug, but pretending to be Rodney Dangerfield as well. Like, movie movie is ahead of its time it's not ahead of its time but the movie is absolutely fantastic but it is that is that is a good point that you bring up usually villains are nothing without their sidekicks because i think part of the reason that i like scar and hades is because of pain and panic and then the three hyenas but i don't corella deville doesn't really have i'm trying to think from the og dalmatians her her henchmen are uh jasper and horace Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I think that they did a great job of showing them as friends as opposed to being henchmen and how they really became henchmen. Yeah. 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 Because now that you say that, more things are starting to click. I, I disagree with all those reviews that kind of talked about this not being a true origin story and not following like pursuit with 101 Dalmatians. I think there was, there's a lot of potential for setup here and they were just, it was just more of like Easter eggs instead of like being on the nose. I so, agree. Anyway, you ready to? Yeah, we can close this out. All right, cool. So what's your, fa- who's your favorite Disney villain? Let us know. DM us on um, Instagram and Twitter at Hey, It's Two Girls. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Classicstina. Danielle's on Instagram at Danielle Kobianki. You can email us your Disney villains reviews um, at twogirlswatchtv at gmail.com. Two is spelled out T-W-O. Check out the blog Beer, Coffee, Donuts and the YouTube channel Two Girls Drink Beer, More Beer this summer. And what is next month, Christina? June. Mel Brooks month. There you go. <laughs> June. So please let <laughs> us know your favorite Mel Brooks comedies. Either he created them or he was in them, and we will be talking about them next month. Yes. I cannot wait. <laughs> I know. I'm excited. All right. Let's let's go to bed. Okay. Go, go <laughs> to bed. All right, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye. Bye. What's up?